Welcome to Dear Runner Bod, the pod dedicated to helping you embrace your runner's body. I'm Serena Marie RD, a registered dietitian and body image coach who wants you to stop dieting and start fueling the athlete within. While I am a medical professional, the information on this podcast is for educational purposes only and is not meant to diagnose, treat, or cure. Now, let's start rewriting your body's story. So this podcast has not only become such an amazing way to reach out to you and really learn more about you and talk to you and connect to you because I have had so many people DM me and be like, wow, your your podcast is awesome. It, it honestly is – this is my favorite – I don't know if I've said this before, but this is my favorite way to connect with you. There is just so much pressure to – like do certain things on Instagram to make the algorithm like you. And it's just really nice to kind of be myself and just not care about the algorithm talking to you on a podcast. So I just wanted to say thank you for listening. Um, And I wanted to say thank you for leaving these reviews for review of the week, because not only does it help me to um, spread awareness about the podcast existence as, you know, podcasts, Apple Podcasts kind of like pushes out the pod to more people. Um, But it also really makes me feel so connected to you. So this week's winner of Review of the Week is Chicago underscore Runner 7. And so Chicago, if you hear this read on the pod, please DM me at Serena Marie RD so you can claim your free masterclass All you have to do to win a free masterclass is head to Apple Podcasts, scroll down, and leave a short but sweet review. If I read it on the pod, then you get to choose my Master Your your Hydration Masterclass, your Race to the Kitchen Meal Prep Masterclass, a Body Image Masterclass. I mean, really, there are so many options to choose from. So totally worth your time. And what Chicago Runner had to say, it really made me laugh. Um, I loved this review so much because it had emojis. I'm a sucker for emojis emojis. She said, top tier pod. Serena gives useful and actionable advice on this awesome podcast. I can't wait to start incorporating her performance mocktail and think of the aliens while drinking it. Alien emoji, laughy face emoji. I must listen. A must listen for female runners. So Chicago runner, I love that we have an inside joke about aliens. <laughs> um, and thank you so much again for leaving the review. Okay. So enough about review of the week, even though it is the coolest thing that you you can do. I want to talk about today's guest. So today's guest um, is Jennifer, Jennifer McGurk. And I really enjoyed this conversation. This pod has also given me a chance to just meet new women who are empowering and kick ass. And I also kind of am loving the podcast for that reason. So this was really my first time having a conversation with Jennifer. We had formally just kind of connected via email. And Jennifer McGurk is an RD, a CDN, and um, specializes in eating disorder. She's a CED. DSS, and she is the founder and CEO of Pursuing Private Practice. She began her career in business as a private practice dietitian, and she grew her private practice into a group practice and eventually expanded into speaking offering workshops, and supervising other professionals. She started pursuing private practice to address the demand for business education and coaching within the professional community. Jennifer's passion and determination to empower other business owners has helped hundreds of clients in business school and in the Expand Business Coaching Program. Pursuing Private Practice is a top-rated business podcast. Jennifer's mission is to encourage others to take up space in business. In 2021, Jennifer rediscovered her love for running 
training. After going through a tough time personally, she decided to challenge herself for one 10-second interval at a time. After a lot of hard work, uphill battles, and mindset shifts, she has completed a half marathon, a 10-mile race, and a few 5Ks. So this um, episode is bound to inspire you because we're really going to kind of walk through Jennifer's journey from using running as a way to punish her body to using running as a way to celebrate her body and to just fill up her cup as a mom and a CEO and just, you know, a woman living in this diet culture world we live in. So I'm excited for today's conversation. Welcome to another episode of Dear Runner Bod. I am here today with Jennifer. Hello, Jennifer. Thanks for joining us. Thank you so much for having me on the podcast. I am so excited to dive into this topic today. It was really funny because before we started uh, kind of recording, Jennifer was like, you know, I'm always talking about nutrition and I'm just really excited to talk about movement and running. And I was like, I totally feel that, you know, as an RD, we're always talking about food. And so it's nice to kind of change the topic a little. Yes. No. And I've actually never shared my running story anywhere else. So I am so excited for this podcast interview and I think it's a really good story and I'm just honored to tell it on your show. So thank you again for having me. You're very welcome. Okay. So everyone's like, what, what's the story? (laughs) What is the story? (laughs) So Jennifer is here today because her story I think is going to resonate with a lot of us. It definitely resonates with me. It's definitely my story. It's definitely the story of a lot of athletes I work with. And I think, you know, I I don't have all the deets. So this is kind of my first time hearing like the full story from Jennifer, but where the story ends, I think is so, um, is so exciting and, and kind of like this very like positive place that I think a lot of people end up going and when they're healing their relationship with exercise. So that was really why I wanted to share it. I think it has like a happy ending that that'll make it a little bit easier if anyone's in the muck right now, like experiencing, um, experiencing what you experience. So, so Jennifer, you started running in your twenties from what I gather. Can you tell me a little bit about like what started your running journey? So it's so amazing to think back how far I have come. And I really want to share that with everybody, because if you are stuck in a relationship with exercise or movement right now, where you just feel like a prisoner or doesn't necessarily feel like a great relationship, I want you to know that there is so much hope. So I started full transparency, my running as part of my disordered eating in my twenties. And it was very, very external as I'm sure a lot of people can relate to. And I don't necessarily need to go into specific behaviors, but just know it was a lot of numbers and outside influences focusing on the, you know, external results of running versus the actual internal connection of movement. And I was very disconnected in my relationship with food. It translated over into my relationship with movement and this whole entire disconnect in my being was not just in food and body. It was also with my life and relationships and what I was experiencing as a 20 year old. And lo and behold, the best thing I ever did was the hardest thing I ever did, which was call my very first therapist at age 24. I think I was and 24 to 25 to 26 were years of my life where I was a brand new dietitian living in New York city unsure of what my future was, unsure of everything, and just 
thank goodness that I made that really, really challenging move because therapy changed my life. Not only did it change the direction of where I was as a human, but also changed my professional career, changed my ability to really figure out that I could do hard things. And lo and behold, I opened up my own private practice, you know, got married, have three kids and you know, the story isn't over by any means, but I am so grateful for eating disorder recovery because it gave me so many skills in really figuring out what kind of life I wanted. I, I think this is such a beautiful place for us to start this conversation because whether somebody's going through an eating disorder or just is kind of noticing maybe that their relationship with running and movement isn't isn't filling up their cup. You know, yes. you, you kind of mentioned like I had a disconnect, disconnected relationship with my body. And I think that's one of those things like as eating disorder dietitians, I get it. But could you maybe specify like what oh, does yeah. that mean for oh, somebody yes. who's listening? So, yes. And without and, – and like like I said, I don't like to go into specific behaviors because I don't necessarily think that's helpful because a lot of people compare. But I was very focused on external numbers – training plans telling me what to do, not necessarily listening to my body and pushing through discomfort and pain. And believe it or not, it all came crashing down. I got a stress fracture in my foot. I believe it. And yes, and it wasn't actually because of a specific training run. It was because I wore flip-flops in New York City for like a whole entire six-hour day, but my feet were not in a healthy place for me to wear flip-flops around the city for six hours. Um, And I got a stress fracture and it was because of all the movement I was doing and not giving my body enough rest. And that stress fracture was really... The turning point, I think, of my eating disorder recovery as well, because I no longer had to rely on behaviors and habits and things that were really unhealthy for me. I had to, you know, to feel better. I had to do the hard work. I had to actually participate in rest and rejuvenation for my body and, you know, go to yoga and things like that. I could not run for like three months or so. And it really changed my relationship with movement and changed my relationship with myself in the process. And it was one of the hardest things that ever happened to me, but I'm so thankful for it because it really taught me so many lessons. Yeah. And so I love that this this distinction, right? Where I think it's normal for people when they enter a running journey to be fixated on what's my pace, like what's my yeah. mileage on Strava, like what's my weight, what's my pant size, like all these numbers, right? And so yes. that's the disconnect where you're yes. not really asking yourself like, hey, Serena, how are you feeling today, right? Are you tired? Yeah. Are you run down? It's just like, like, like putting the numbers, looking at the numbers and chasing that next number, that next goal, um, numerical yeah. metric. And so I think that's such an important distinction to make is that being connected to your body isn't about just like PRing every race or mm-hmm. losing weight or chasing a certain number. So thank you for kind of spelling that out. Oh my gosh. Yes. And I mean, humans go through so many different emotions during the day. They, we go through so many things. We go through different mood swings. Did you get enough sleep last night? How are you eating? Everything is not necessarily going to be perfect for our environment. So we're not supposed to have amazing runs and workouts all the time. You know, sometimes we have to do our best in order to just get through. And sometimes our best is a rest day. Sometimes our best is a yoga class. Sometimes it is just like a simple walk. I know for me, I fell in love with walking just as much as running, but 
that's later on in my story, of course. Um, and I feel like you don't, you don't have to like reach goals that are external if it's not right for your own internal connection. Absolutely. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. So powerful. And uh, funny enough, I had a stress fracture in my foot. So like everything you're saying, I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I remember that, that good old wake up call, like gotta yes. love the feet. <laughs> yes. Oh, it was not fun at all. Oh, not no. fun. Absolutely not. Okay. So we can see how like you started from this place where you were running uh, with as a tool with using tool using running as a tool that did not really manifest in in robust health. So so Jennifer, are you still a runner today? Like, do you like to run? Yes. Okay. Well, this is this is the cool part of my story. And I absolutely love this. So I stopped running. I stopped running after that stress fracture in terms of a, you know, I wasn't going to train for anything. And I got married, had my first baby. I went back to running a little bit. Like I, I took about seven years off, but in those seven years, I ran maybe like one 5k, one five mile race. Like I was still running a little bit, but I honestly took off seven years and I am almost 40. And at age 37, I had my third baby And I actually went through just postpartum depression, lots of just figuring stuff out. And at 37 years old, I said, like, I need to start to really take care of my mental health, take care of my physical health in a little bit of a different way. Now that I have three kids versus in my 20s, my friend Danielle, who I actually owe my running journey to her signed up for a marathon. And she's one of my mom friends here locally. And I was so jealous of her. And I was like, why am I jealous of my friend Danielle? And because I'm very insightful into my own stuff, I really processed. I was like, I'm jealous of her because I think I want to start to run again. And I've been recovered now from my eating disorder for 15 years. Like it's not like it's a trigger for me at all. But I said to myself, can I really do that? Do I really want to go back to running? Like, I think I actually want to go back to running. So it was so amazing because Danielle is such a support system, you know, for just being so inspirational to me. And she signed up for a marathon. She invited us, like some of my mom friends, to do a half marathon with her. And I signed up. At this point, I haven't necessarily run. This was like two years ago. I have not run for a very long time. I started off 30 seconds of running, if that, probably even 15, (laughs) 15 seconds of running and like five minutes of walking. And it was so much fun to have a support group of amazing moms and women who are my friends, you know, go through this journey with me. We were all really supportive of one another. One person walked the whole entire time, which was amazing. Danielle is an actual like running for a marathon trainer. So she ran and the other people in the group were just kind of like half and half. So it was so much fun to just sign up for a race, go through training with friends. And I felt so connected in that time period of my life. And I was really using running as a really healthy coping skill. I was using running for some alone time, you know, after having three kids, like it's really amazing to get that time to yourself. I was using it as a form of self-care and it's an absolute privilege for me to be able to like run and use my body in a way that is so healthy. And it just reminded me that I can really start from scratch and start from the beginning and do something that I really love. So I was so happy to sign up for that race. And at 38 years old, I did my very first half marathon. Yeah, girl. I'm so proud of. 
Yeah. I'm so proud of you right now just hearing the story, especially knowing the backstory. Like that makes it like a big – I always tell my clients, I'm like, listen, like training for a marathon, running a marathon, it is so hard. It is like one of the hardest things you will do. But you know what's actually harder is healing your relationship with food and movement. And so – you know, just hearing like you healed your relationship and then you went on to run a half marathon, like that is just so much kudos to you. So you, you kind of had the pleasure of like discovering running twice almost. Yes. Well, I this was the first time. I mean, I have to be honest with you. This was the first time that I really discovered the joy in running because the first time that I ran, like in my 20s, I was very disconnected. This time, I got to like feel everything. And I know that that might sound weird to people that don't necessarily get it, but I was numb a lot of the time in my twenties when I was healing from my eating disorder and treatment really did give me like so much permission to be emotional and feel and all the good stuff. But at the same time, it was like the numbness was like a little bit of a protection and the running was a little bit of a dissociation, which I definitely, you know, if you don't know about that, it's something that just is very protective when you're struggling with disordered eating, but it can definitely cause a lot of issues. So for me this time around, just being able to enjoy running, being able to like have a bad day and like a run does not fix it. And yet a run is part of my self-care process of making sure that I can like process my emotions and clear my head and listen to music and, you know, be who I am. And I am so, you know, thankful for that now because I definitely would not have been able to experience the joy of running 15 years ago. Yeah. I really love that we're like spelling that out and that, yeah, you, you have these two different periods of your life that you were running, but now it's like, you know, the way you're speaking about it, it's like, I fell in love with running. Like I met it and I, and I started like, you know, doing a little bit of running and then it expanded into more running and I had community yeah. and it filled up my cup. And, you know, before it was just like, again, like the focusing on the metrics where we don't even really get to experience it in our body. And I think that's something that it's really hard to sing the praises of how good that feels if somebody doesn't get it. But but personally, I get it. And it's just like, it's mm-hmm. the best feeling in the world, especially yes. comparing to how it used to feel as like a disordered runner. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And back then, I wouldn't have known that this was possible. So I'm so excited that I heard stories of people like really healing their relationship with food and found other people that I could look up to for inspiration when I was really struggling myself. So I'm just very, very happy that, you know, like I'm so happy for the work that you're doing, Serena. I'm so happy for the other dietitians that have really been doing this work too, because, and obviously therapists and healthcare professionals and everybody, because we really do make such a difference in the lives of so many people. And it is just amazing to see how, treatment and recovery makes such a big impact. Absolutely. Totally agree. So, so now you are a runner, you have run, you're run, you've run half marathons, you've run all these different races in this, you know, kind of healed part of your life that you're in now. And so I know that as a runner, even probably as a dietitian, we could say we can have some of those like type A perfectionistic qualities oh and, <laughs> yes. and, you know, runners also like just like the people of the running community in general, like this is just a characteristic that we all joke about. We're like, we know we have this, this is a thing with us. And so I think something that can be really tricky is if you're signing up for like a half marathon, let's say there does have to be a little bit of 
structure. You can't just show yeah. up to your race and be like, oh, I can run 13 miles. No problem. I'll pull that out of my butt. Like, no, you got to like train for it. And so in that, there is usually some kind of plan that you're following. And so I'm wondering, Jennifer, when you kind of think back to following a plan and kind of, you know, like you had said, you kind of have this moment of like, oh, like, can I do this? Like, I, I know I'm healed from my eating disorder, but like, this is a thing I'm, I'm I'm embarking on. Like, how did kind of having that plan affect you? Did it trigger you? Like, how did you approach it? Yes. Well, so it is so funny. I do feel like I'm a completely different person now. So I wasn't worried I was going to be triggered. And if I was triggered by any means, I would just figure it out. But I wasn't. Like, I, I do actually feel, and this is a privilege again, but I just feel like that life that I lived was so different now than what I live right now. Um, but I always kept, I always brought it back to, I can do hard things and I will be able to get through this no matter what. So personalizing this hard thing was really important to me. Meaning that I know sometimes like typical plans, you log in and it's, you know, 10 weeks of training. I started six months before this race because I knew I had a long way to build up. So that's just one example of me personalizing a quote unquote training plan. I started so much earlier than I think what a lot of the typical norm would start because I knew I had a long way to go. I also really value strength training and value like the um, different types of movement. I knew that there was no way I could run four days a week and be healthy. And also too, I have three kids and a bit like a whole entire business to run. I didn't have that much time. So I knew that I had two, maybe three days a week for running. If I was also going to have two days a week for like strength training and maybe a little bit of yoga. So I did not follow like a four time a week running plan. I kind of had to personalize it again for me. So that's why I took longer. I spaced out more time in between runs because I did a lot of cross training. And then also too, I never wore a tracker. I never wore, I, I know that. like, like a Fitbit or I don't, it's so funny, like a garment. I don't even know what these things are. I've just gotten back into the world. Cause like I said, my friends are runners and they're introducing me to all these things. I'm like, Oh my God, like this technology has come so far. I don't even know what this is anymore, but I never wore a watch because I tried to really think like, okay, intuitively, how do I feel? Can I push myself a little bit more than last time? If I feel like it, do I need to slow down? And I I wasn't necessarily worried about being triggered by the numbers, but I just didn't want the numbers to really mean anything for my first time back. I do think that if I trained now, I might buy a watch. I might be able to get a Garmin because I'm, you know, kind of a little bit more curious now than I was before. But my goal for the training for my first half was I just want to finish. And I didn't really care so much about the time. I had a time where I kind of wanted to beat, but it really wasn't that big of a deal. I ugh, I love this <laughs> this like plan that you kind of made for yourself, yeah. right? So so what I'm hearing is like permission to personalize it because yes. I know when I'm working with runners, there is so much of this that is about identity. And so it's like, oh, like I can't only quote unquote run two or three times a week. Like everyone else on Strava is running five, six times a week. And it's like, guess what, girlfriend? You can do whatever you want to do, whatever makes you happy and feels good and makes running sustainable. Like that is a really important piece of your training cycle. Yes. 
Yes, absolutely. Because here's the thing, like if you burn out, there's no running. If you burn out, there's absolutely no positivity in the relationship that you have with movement. And when you follow something external, you will burn out if it's not the right internal plan for you. I have seen this over and over again with eating disorder recovery. And now I, I'm a business consultant and I work with other business owners and I see this all the time in business too. It's like if you're following someone else's business plan that is not personalized and strategized for you individually, you will burn out and there's nothing left to give. So you have to make it your own. You have to individualize it. And that's how we sustain whatever amazing thing that we have in our life, like running, business, nutrition, whatever it might be. Yes. That is like, I can feel that in my chest. Like that is like one of those like belief systems that like resonates so hard for me in that like this should be about sustainability, something that brings you joy long-term. And so I know I find sometimes when I'm working with clients, like running was something that truly they were just doing because of the disordered relation, like just to keep themselves small, just to burn the calories or what have not. And they realized that running isn't the thing that brings them joy. It's Zumba. It's walking. It's hiking. It's strength training. And whatever it is, I think here it's about the permission to personalize, the permission to chase the thing that makes you feel good for your mental health, your physical health. And so I love this approach to like reintroducing running. Yes. Yes. I love it. And I'm not a sports dietitian by any means. And in fact, it kind of even feels weird that I'm talking about this as like a personal person and not a nutrition expert, but I think there are so many different ways that people create these personalized quote unquote plans that I think working with a professional is so key in the sense of just making sure that you're running things by someone else and understanding the process of making something your own too. So I love it. Yeah. I really like that. Okay. So I heard permission to personalize it. I also heard this, um, you know, this not using a tracker, not getting stuck in the comparison. So maybe if you're on Strava, you hide your data so other people can't see it, or you delete Strava, you sign up for a race and you say, this is my race where I'm not going to have my Garmin on. I'm not going to use my fitness tracker. Like just kind of taking a pause and a break from all that data because that data can lead to comparison, especially yeah. if you are coming from, you know, like you have this long break where like all this like kind of yeah. data and information evolved. But if someone right now is realizing like, oh my goodness, I am totally leaning on those external metrics of success. I'm not checking in with myself. Sometimes like putting that garment away can be so healing. Oh yeah. Uh, I, well, I think here's, here's what I think happened. At least what happened for me is that you get to have insight as to how that run went based on your terms and not someone else's terms and no external positive, negative. This was great. This was not so great. And I think that those types of plans and data can be helpful as a starting point. And at the same time, I think that they can be harmful because of comparisonitis and how people are just not necessarily able to connect with information in a very neutral way. Meaning that, you know, if someone is using a tracker and they see that, oh my gosh, like I didn't meet my goal, whatever it might be. If someone isn't at a place where they are okay with taking in that information and quote unquote, like doing bad or whatever you want to insert there, 
that person is going to feel shame from not reaching that goal. So being able to put away the trackers to just automatically get rid of that is something that's really important for a lot of people in the beginning stages of healing from whatever it might be. And there's also people that like me that kind of just don't care, which you might feel a little bit taken aback by that, but like, so what I'm reaching a goal. I'm not reaching a goal. I'm doing it my way. And that's how I'm choosing that I can show up. And that's fine for me right now. But like I said, I might do something different in the future, but it's working right now. Yeah. And I, and I think it's important to know, like, no one is making you sign a contract like that you have to like, you know, keep your garment in a draw for the rest of your life, right? Like you're yeah. like, maybe I'm getting curious. Like maybe I will buy a watch, right? Like, and then you could buy the watch yeah. and hate the watch or you could buy the watch and be like, you know, I really like the watch, but I'm going to hide the biometric data about the calories or whatever, right? Like we can kind of yeah. um personalize and use, like for, for me personally, I like knowing, you know, my pace. I like knowing my cadence. And, and, and I like knowing my mileage and that's it. Like I don't want yeah. my watch tracking. Like some people just are like going all in on numbers and that overwhelms me. And I'm like, no, yeah. thank you. I, that is too much information for me. But like you said, everyone is different and how you take that data and how you emotionally sit with it. If it's causing you stress, then it's probably not worth it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. A hundred percent. And like I said, you all, you don't want to burn out. You want to have fun. So yes. what is fun for you? Yes. You know, I, you know, something that this is kind of reminding me of a, a client I have right now, but like we were talking about how sometimes it is so easy on social media for there is so much glamorization around sharing all of the data and all of the yeah. like external metrics and how like that is like the sexy, cool thing to share. And then I feel like conversations like we're having right now they need to be had because I know for a fact there is somebody listening to this right now that's like, wait, like somebody else feels this way. Like somebody else doesn't want to be obsessed with the data and it feels triggered by the Strava comparisons. And I, I almost like think it's important for if you feel this way, if you're like sitting there and nodding your head and you're like, this is so refreshing. I almost want to challenge you if, if it feels safe for you, if it feels good for you to talk about this with your running friends, to talk yeah. about this in a post. Like this is important that people realize it's not all about like getting faster, like chasing those external goals. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. And I see this a lot. So as a business consultant, I teach other people how to start businesses, how to grow businesses and scale. And the comparison itis in I made X amount of revenue each month, I made $55,000 in one month is I hate it so much. I wish that people could see that sharing some of those external metrics is not good for anybody. And I really think the person sharing is sharing because they want to feel better about themselves, their ego, their, like they might want to even like, and of course it's not necessarily a bad thing in the sense of being inspired by other people to make a lot of money or reach a certain goal, whatever it might be. But I just wish that they also shared the expenses and how they felt about certain things because sharing that you made all this money in one month is not necessarily the full picture of everything. Just like someone running X amount of miles doesn't necessarily share the full picture of everything. So 
I could have said that a little bit better, but honestly, <laughs> no, no, it's, it's the highlight it's, reel. Do you see? Yeah, yeah, it is the highlight reel, hundred percent. Yeah, and so you know, I I just personally went through a trading cycle. I was trying to hit a certain time, and I did not hit it. And you know, there was this part of me that wanted to like go black on social media, like not post anything, not talk about it. Like, you know, I could feel my ego being like butt hurt from the fact that I didn't achieve this goal that I had kind of set out for myself. But I was like, actually, this is the ultimate time that I can like, you know, uh, walk the walk that I preach where it's like, hey, I'm a human, like it didn't go my way that day. And you know what, we're going to talk about how I can still celebrate so many aspects of this training cycle. And I'm still like worthy of like praise. And I'm still like, I'm still a runner. I'm still proud of myself. Right. So, so it's not about just like you were just saying, it's like, oh, I made X thousand dollars this month. Like, sure, that's a highlight reel. But there's definitely Mm -hmm. been moments in that person's business where they were feeling pretty crappy about themselves and they're just choosing to share it or not choosing to share it. Yes. Yes. The main point is that it's not the full picture. Yes. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Rising in four seconds. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Okay, Jennifer. So yeah, I think, I think there's just been, you know, so many um, juicy little takeaways from this conversation about how, if you are noticing that, you know, you have been kind of leaning on just those external um, validating factors in your running journey, we just want to kind of take a moment and encourage you to pause and reflect about how good running can feel when you're really using it to fill up your cup and connect with your body um, and really how it is possible. Like Jennifer did it. And I know lots of my clients do it as well. Yes. Thank you so much, Serena. Thanks for letting me share my story. It's so weird to talk about this personally, and I absolutely love it. And it just means that I have to do more of it. I, yes, I, yes, I love it. Just kind of what, what challenges you changes you, right? Um, Jennifer, if you feel comfortable, I always like to end my show, um, kind of, you know, challenging women to proclaim why they love their body. So Jennifer, if I asked you, why do you love your body? Oh my gosh. I love this question. I mean, I think I have so many different reasons and I think each reason is a really important part of my overall life. So the first thing that comes to mind, of course, I love my body because it has birthed three children and they are my life. I mean, my husband too, but my kids are also my life. And I've had three very different pregnancies and different births, which is very weird because a lot of people don't get to experience that, but I've had three completely different births and my body has been through all, all of them with me the whole entire time. So That's one of my reasons. I think another reason is that my body allows me to show up Mm -hmm. and I'm so grateful for the life that I live. I mean, I'm working in my zone of genius. I am the CEO of my company. I really love the work that I get to do. Of course, it comes with this ups and downs. My gosh, it's like you can't talk about all the amazing things of being a business owner without also saying it's really, really hard sometimes. But my body is the vehicle for getting all of this stuff done. And I also think that I'm just so grateful for the people in my life, like obviously living in this body, living in this community, living in, you know, an area where I have really great family and friends, it, my body allows me to show up. And that's why I want to try to take care of it as best as I possibly can and really honor it because it's been through challenging times of me not honoring my body. I struggled with disordered eating for over five years. So now I know how to move past that and how to really embrace it. And I'm so honored that 
you know, I get to have this body in this life. So thanks yeah. for asking me that. That's like I love a really it. good thing Own to think it. about. Yeah. Own it. I love it so much. Yeah. Um, Jennifer, if anyone is listening and they just want to learn more about you, um, how can they reach out? Yeah. So I don't necessarily have anything to do with running in my business. This is just a personal conversation, but my business is pursuing private practice and we are at pursuing.private.practice on Instagram, pursuingprivatepractice.com. I really teach dietitians and healthcare professionals how to start grow and scale businesses. So nothing to do with running. Although I really wish I would work with more sports dietitians and athletes. I think that's such a great area to get into, but We'll see. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Um, and there'll be all the links in the show notes as well. So if anyone wants to just click and, and learn more about Jennifer, that will be available. Thank you so Thanks much, Jennifer, for your time today. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Dear Runner Bod. If you enjoyed what you heard, remember to subscribe and make sure you share today's episode. Also, if you're looking to download a free three-step guide to love your runner's bod, then head to serenamarierd.com. Can't wait to chat with you next week.